Cars of Carlisle podcast, episode 34. What car era would you want to live in? Cars of Carlisle is your favorite internationally downloaded podcast about all things automotive. Each week, Darren and Holly bring you topics from car shows to racing to personal stories about local car nuts. Today, Darren and Holly tell you a little bit about themselves as they discuss what era they would have liked to have lived in for reasons about cars and anything else you can think of. So let's get revved up. Hello, Cubers. This is Darren. And Holly. Coming at you for episode 34 from the studio here in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, USA. A big thank you to everyone across the U.S. and all around the world that are fans and followers and Cubers of this show. We so appreciate it. So on behalf of uh, Holly, myself, and everyone, thank you. Today, Holly, I want to talk a little bit about how this is a, a bit of a departure. We, uh, coming into the Christmas holiday season, everyone gets very, very busy. A lot of the guests that we wanted to line up uh, will be available here in the next two to three weeks. Uh, I had talked about doing, coming up here, um, cars from all around the world as far as brands and makes and models, what country they were they are built in typically and the headquarters are, so we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, and wrapping up before the end of December, do a 2018 year in review. Look back upon all the guests that we've had the pleasure of interviewing or meeting for the first time, the experiences that Holly and I have had, uh, some really invaluable opportunities that we've, we've been able to embrace. So we thank all of those people who have invited us into their lives and to all of you, our fans and followers who continue to download and and leave feedback and, and uh, encourage us to do what we do. So we certainly thank you. So Hall, I guess the, the theme of today is if you could live in any era, particularly automotive related, and this, we're not going back to the 19th century per se, mm-hmm. but what would that be? And uh, I, I know we had talked earlier that uh, you'd probably be just okay with, I mean, you like where we are today, Kurt. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously as everybody knows, cars isn't my lifeblood like it is for you <laughs> um, and all of our listeners. But uh, there's definitely eras that spoke to me from like a music perspective or possibly mm-hmm. a fashion perspective. Okay. Um, like I think about the 50s and I've always loved poodle skirts. And my mom made one for me in fifth grade, and that was my Halloween costume. And I still wear it to this day because I just loved it so much. Um, and it was blue with a little record with a music note. It wasn't even a poodle, but it was a, still the same concept. Um, so I liked that era, and I loved that music because obviously growing up, my parents were born in the early 50s. And so mm-hmm. listening to their music while we're on road trips and stuff, that was definitely part of the the genre that I was exposed to and really enjoyed that that time frame. That's actually a really good answer. I like that. Now, is there um, do you like as cars get more and more technology based and autonomy and what have you, uh, you go back to your first Mustang. We talked about that now to your, your current uh, Honda Pilot. Obviously, there's so much more everything from more advanced cruise control and climate settings and the digitization of things and the creature comforts. Um, do you enjoy each iteration and generation of car for that very reason? I do. I think that uh, sometimes car manufacturers get a little out of control and trying to make things 
different and the newest and the greatest and the best. And I think sometimes people just go for things out of aesthetic, not necessarily function. And I'm definitely more of a functional person. Mm -hmm. So for instance, my pilot is not the new version of the pilot. It's the older one because I actually prefer the boxier style of pilot. Um, I just sort of like that because it's different than Mm -hmm. almost anything else on the road. So it's not, doesn't look like a Suburban or a Tahoe or (laughs) all of those. So, um, so yeah, little things like that. I, I really just prefer simplicity, Mm -hmm. uh, but I do like the creature comforts. I mean, the airbags, air curtains on the SUVs and that kind of thing. Those are all very, uh, well, it was Critical. a Honda Pilot that saved your and your daughter's life and and others uh, and loved ones of yours too. So I know that you're you're very brand loyal for that reason. For sure, because there aren't many vehicles that you can turn over on your head and uh, still be okay mm-hmm. without any injuries. So mm-hmm. we were definitely blessed uh, that day. So I am a big proponent of this style of Honda Pilot. But and I would say not only are you a fan of that generation Pilot, but you've had three. Same color, right? <laughs> yes. All within, what, a year or two of each other? Or uh, I've had the 2010, 2011, and now the 2015. Uh-huh. So, yeah. yeah. I, and, and they're all blue. And <laughs> you like what you like. I like what I like. And gray interior, yeah. <laughs> I don't see a reason to change. Well, that is good. I did change at one point between 11 and 15 and, and regretted it and missed it. So I had to go back to it. I had to go find it. And of course, that was <laughs> right as the new one was coming out. And I was like, no, I don't want the mm-hmm. new one. I want the old mm-hmm. one. I like the old one. So you're good. Yeah. I would say then your era is probably within your lifetime then. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Well, that means that you're you're aligned with uh, your fate and, and uh, yeah, right? at least automotively speaking. Not yeah, to that's true. Automotively <laughs> speaking. Right. Well, what about you? Well, I would say that uh, I grew up on... A lot of the surf music and the the car based music, similar to our our great sponsor Man Engineering out of Santa Clara, California. I've always loved the West Coast um, theme and the the, the West Coast scene uh, from there was a car standpoint. Definitely a fascination mm-hmm. with California living. Absolutely, back in that era. Absolutely. And this- I, I mean, to this day, I still want to rent a convertible and drive Pacific Coastal Highway One from top to bottom. Right, uh, right. There's just something about driving along the Pacific and along the Palisades and the cliffs and just, I think that would be surreal. Mm-hmm, yeah. So uh, to the today's question, and I would say for me, uh, I, again, grew up on the music of Jan and Dean, the Beach Boys. Uh, you figure things like um, Hot Rod Lincoln by Commander Cody and his Lost Planet Airmen. You have um, Maybelline, uh, that uh, Chuck Berry, uh, everyone knows so well. Just these great car songs that have really cool, th- you know, themes and, and lyrics. Um, they're talking about the engines and drag racing and winning races and taking their girlfriends to the to the track. And uh, uh, you talk about like Dead Man's Curve and, and some other things. Just this ethereal um, time when cars were well. Still are, but where cars were something that were achievable, you could still work on them. Um, in the sense, you wouldn't have to have computerized diagnostics and, and, and what have you. You could just open the hood and swap out parts and do a lot of modifications and be a true hot rodder. But I would say I'd probably be in the early to mid 60s, 
around the heyday of the muscle cars and and uh, uh, certainly driving up in the hills of uh, California or, or Northern California and just being part of that whole car culture and uh, with the the rolled up jeans and the and the white t-shirt and, and yeah. just completely um, really living sort of the the dream as Jen and Dean and the Beach Boys and others made reference to in, in a lot of their songs. I mean, that, that to me is pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and the jeans and the white t-shirt look works for you. It's a good look. It's a good <laughs> and look. It's, it's pretty much timeless, too. Yeah, it's just... It's cool whether it's 1955 or the year 2025, so it's... Uh, Simple is good. It is. But... Uh, uh, real quick, yeah, I please, do have to... Ahead. Could I give a little tidbit about that song, Maybelline? Because... I had never heard that song, so yeah. I went to listen to it sure. um, because I like Chuck Berry and like mm-hmm. Back to the Future, that movie, and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. he had songs in there. Um, but the song was actually named after the makeup, the Maybelline makeup, and I thought that was so interesting. Oh wow! Because they, so he had taken the idea from an old song called Ida Red. Okay. And it was like a country western hillbilly kind of song is what okay. it said. Yeah. Um and so he wanted to change it to Ida May and then uh the the producer of the song was like Ida May sounds really rural and I want sure. something else sure. and looked down on the floor and there was a compact that said Maybelline. Oh, and so nice. they changed the spelling of it mm-hmm. so that they wouldn't have any copyright infringements or anything like that. Okay. But um but as it turns out, as you see in history, it's actually been misspelled in a lot of places because they're going with what they know as the makeup brand. So, I see. Okay. Um, so I thought that was really interesting, especially when you think about this day and age where people write songs about their own personal experience. Absolutely. And like a Taylor Swift who talks about her ex-boyfriends and people use names and songs. And so you assume... Chuck must have known some Maybelline. Sure. Mm-hmm. But clearly he didn't. It was just the name of the compact that was sitting on the floor. Well, everyone, Holly is a first-class researcher, so <laughs> this doesn't surprise me at all that she was able to come up with a very, uh, in my mind, a fact I had no idea about. The- and when that came out in 1955, they actually said that was one of the first rock and roll songs. No kidding. Yeah, because of the... I guess the makeup of the song. Oh, pardon the pun. We were just talking about Maybelline. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but the beat, the guitar riffs in it, okay. um, and just the general, like... The composition of the song. Yeah, yeah. And, and so they that equated to rock and roll. So that was one of the first rock and roll songs oh, that, that was ever so released. Cool. So that was a really interesting... That is so So that cool. song really has sparked an interest in me. And you've been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yes, and, uh, I know I've been there on separate occasions too, and it, I love how you can you can see how the uh, the makeup of a song or where it came from or where artists were deriving their 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 sound and and the instrumentation and what have you, and that's that's about the same time that it really took took flight and and uh, the whole era was birthed. But that's really cool. Um, and then if we're gonna talk about like, well, that song was in the fifties, um, but. I had to think of the movie Grease mm, okay. because that to me is sort of iconic yeah. of that period. And I think that probably drove a lot of why 
I was fascinated with that era mm-hmm. because it just seemed so cool. Um, but I, I do vividly remember the car, the car race scene uh, mm-hmm. towards the end, and you know, and there and was that down like the aqueduct area, like the yeah. Uh, that were of course it's used for whenever there's rain or flood rains and that type of thing. But uh, yeah, whatever you call mm-hmm. that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember being so anxious as a kid, like with that scene, because I was like, what's going to happen? And, you know, somebody always dies when they're racing. So you're like, somebody's <laughs> going to die. What's going to happen? And but as you of course, I was fascinated more with the music and the dancing and the singing. But as you uh, as your perspective changes over time. Right. And I start driving cars and, you know, then you start to like look at the Grease Lightning segments and the car building segments. And you're like, wow, this was a really mm-hmm big thing back then right and so i think like you said about the times when you could fix your own car and it was a shade tree mechanic kind of thing and it didn't take a whole army or special machines or electronic things to hook up to it to fix it i mean there is something really authentic and nostalgic about that for sure well that's that's sort of my answer to i really i'm glad you brought that up because that would be Part of my answer is the fact that I would be some late teenager, blonde hair, you know, sunglasses, surfing by day, working on my car in the afternoon, drag racing at night, uh, beach bonfires late at night. Yeah, it's it's just that whole um, sounds very unrealistic. When are you, when are you going to work and actually do something productive? But I mean, just well, that's what surfing life is. But right? yeah, just completely being a true car nut, hanging around people that are. Total, total motorheads working on the cars, racing cars, modifying them, um, port and polishing, and uh, hot rodding them, and, and just tuning the engines and doing all kinds of things to it. So that, and then just living the leisure life and on the, yeah, on the West I mean, Coast, loading up the Woody with the surfboards and exactly. heading down to the beach. I mean, yeah, who doesn't love that visual? That's okay with me. You definitely missed your era. <laughs> I did. I did. I need to. I guess uh, find a genie and go back. Born for, a smidge late. Go for a weekend that way, <laughs> but no, that's uh, that's pretty interesting. In fact, why don't we uh, open that question up? You can reach us at Cars of Carlisle at Outlook dot com, or go on uh, to uh, our Facebook page, send us a message, or Instagram. Would love to hear what era you would like to uh, have been a part of or grown up in, and why. And tell us uh, uh, what what drives that decision when we'd. Uh, glad to share that and, and get that out there pardon the pun exactly it drives that decision yeah boy Sorry. between both the makeup and the drive that's <laughs> i'm all on pun alert today yeah this is not scripted everybody not, <laughs> not at all well holly do you want to expound upon anything as far as kind of our as we start to wrap the end of 2018 i know going into the holiday season you our listeners are probably just as busy as the rest of us but uh certainly want to keep to our promise of weekly content I'm looking forward to the year in review mm-hmm. um, towards the end of the year because I really do think we've had a tremendous year and we've moved so fast. It's I remember Thanksgiving uh, when we did our Thanksgiving episode, I talked about never stopping. Right. And it, that is what this year has been, right? We've just been busy, busy, busy. And it's oftentimes hard to think about and enjoy the moments that you have had because you're so focused on the next moment that you're going to and what else needs to be done and where you have to go next. And um, so I think it's really, it'll be really rehash what we've done and where we've been. Um, 
and just enjoy those times again. I agree. And and though we took time to do the Thanksgiving episode and what we're thankful for, uh, I know I tend to be the sappy one in the duo here. But really, when I reflect on the 2018 year, we did start off from scratch completely and uh, have worked hard every single day and week to, to build this up. We are so glad to have uh, made the friends that we have had uh, and continue to foster those relationships that uh, you are following uh, continues to support and uh, it's to me it's an attitude of gratitude and it doesn't have to be relocated to just uh, the American Thanksgiving holiday but to me it's a it's a year-long thing and I continue to appreciate Holly being here in the passenger seat as we go through this journey and uh, we're going to continue to do so as long as uh, as we can and thank all of you for for being there your downloads your comments that's what keeps us going so thank you well, I have to say that because I can't go back into my time machine and head back to uh, uh, Santa Monica Boulevard or whatever right now and cruise in my GTO or my Stingray, I guess I better just <laughs> face reality and, and, and uh, live here oh, in wait. 2018. What's that? They'll do scoop. What you, about? you found out something about that that I thought was so interesting. Oh, yes. In fact, um, doing some research on that, it actually represents the deuce comes from the two in the year of production 1932. So a 1932 Ford was typically what a deuce was whenever someone would refer to a deuce coupe. And uh, so that was a little factoid that I really relished because my father had uh, um, a 1966 Chevy 2 Nova. Sometimes they're referred to as a deuce. Certainly any uh, Model A, Model T, Hot rods are commonly referred to as deuces whenever a coupe is uh, chopped and lowered and and heavily uh, modified and tuned. But to be able to kind of go back and to know where does the true deuce reference? Well, it's the two in 1932. That's so cool, especially because like uh, 409 Mm -hmm. is that other song that um, I have learned, obviously, that uh, it refers to the engine. Engine size. Yeah, the cubic inches. Um, And so typically I'm like, oh, okay, well, the number means something about the engine. Mm -hmm. So the assumption would be that the deuce is something about the engine. Well, like uh, an old 442. That was a four-speed, four-barrel um, dual exhaust. That's where the 442 uh, comes into. So actually the the manufacturer naming had some significance as well. So see, it, it you just never know. And mm-hmm. that makes it so interesting. So if you guys, uh, if we've sparked any uh, inspiration about <laughs> right. songs that you might have remembered as a kid and growing up and some of the songs that you've listened to about cars... Um, you should look in it, look into it, and uh, Wikipedia, and see what mm-hmm. what you can learn about the origins of the song. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it's really interesting. I agree, absolutely. Well, I think music and cars go with poodle skirts and culture and, and dancing, dancing, and, <laughs> <laughs> and beach bonfires and everything else. So it's, uh, I do think. That's part of, well, that's a major part of what this podcast is. Car community, you the people, and car culture, all the things that go along with automobiles and, and the love of them and everything that's associated with them. In fact, if we, if we didn't have that form of transportation, I think life would be really kind of bland. That's that's my personal opinion, but uh, it does, it brings fathers and sons and fathers and daughters and 
cousins and, and strangers and people from all walks of life together to have something to talk about and to have a, a common thread and a bond. And that's what I absolutely love about cars. That makes me a sort of viable car nut. nut. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to this episode 34. We appreciate you guys so much. Come back next week. More to come. For now, I will say to you all, drive well. And be well. Take Take care. care.